We are going to have a great night tonight. Do you agree with me? Yes. Are you excited? Are you excited for this meeting? <clears throat> I've been looking forward to this. We, we've, we've had this uh, off and on and off and on. I've, I've been in touch with, with Nathan in Michigan, and it's been on and it's off and it's on. And, and, uh, but, hey, we're here tonight, right? So I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't, I don't do a whole lot of preaching before preachers. I think that's a waste of time. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of recognizing of ministers because I, I usually miss somebody. Uh, but I do want to recognize one person in their family, Apostle Reginald Steele. Will you raise your hand, please? This man right here, I'm going to tell a quick story. We met in Detroit, Michigan. A man from Atlanta and a man from Podunk, Alabama, at Bishop Keith Butler's church, not knowing anybody. We gravitated to each other because nobody didn't want to talk to the redneck folk. And sparked a relationship that, and we just reconnected just a few weeks ago. I love you so much. I love your family. I love your ministry. Thank you for what you do for the kingdom. And, and you have never, you've never wavered. I've, I've gone back and I've checked up on you. I've watched your videos. <laughs> never wavered from the word. Never wavered. Always stayed focused on the word. I just want to say thank you for being here. I know it was a long drive. Thank you for coming. And there's many, many other people here. Uh, thank you all for coming tonight. But you didn't come to hear me. Uh, you, you came to experience an anointing and a gift from a man of God that I esteem highly. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of people know this. I use this as an example all the time. Matt Gober was a father to April and I. And when he went to heaven, we wondered, would there ever be that voice? Well, tonight you're going to get to experience that voice back in our life. So help me welcome Dr. Mark T. Barkley to the stage. Come on, sir. Praise God. Come on, clap real good for Jesus. Yeah. Praise God. All right, this is uh, this is my junior high sweetheart right here, and high school, and I uh, talked her into marrying me. That was a miracle, and we just passed fifty years of marriage. Give Amen. her a good hand clap. Yes. Yeah. Be seated. I need more than a hand clap to be married to this guy for fifty years. Amen. And then dated him for six. It's a miracle I'm still here. That's what I said. It's a miracle. Kind of, but... Oh, it's a miracle that you're still here. I'm still here, not oh. that we're still married. Praise God. You know what? I want to share something. Nothing is more exciting to come to a ministry and not be entertained by the music. Yeah. Very we refreshing. travel all around the world, and yeah. a lot of times we go, it's great, the worship, but it's entertainment. They entertain you. This was so anointed. I don't know about you. It. Yes. Praise God. But it was anointed. And of course, I turned to Pastor April and I said, this is my favorite song, the last song they sang. I didn't know what the name of it was. She said it's called The Blessing. That's my favorite song right now right now except for that one that the bones rattle you know that one I love that one too but I don't know the name of any songs but uh, during conference we played that a lot and of course they've got a lot of children and they have grandchildren so they'll ex 
they'll really appreciate my grandchildren's story, but I have great-grandchildren. I know, it's hard to believe. I have four great-grandchildren. One of them's four years old, and on the way home, he asked his mom, what does that mean, mom, about favor in the family? And, you know, favor of families and families. And So she told him. And he said, so that means that my children will have favor. And she said, yeah. He said, well, I'm going to have seven boys. <laughs> so no girls, just seven boys. But it's exciting. I do have a scripture for you, and then I'm going to sit down. Because like Pastor said, you came here to listen to him. But let's, guess what? I listen to him all the time. <laughs> and so now it's my turn. And so I didn't even tell him. I just came up with him. That's just the way I operate. I just came up with him. He's like grabbed my hand and thought, oh, no. Oh, great. But I'm excited. I want to share scripture with you because it fits right now in what we're dealing with. And that is, it is in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, we are pressed in every way but we are not crushed. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Amen? amen. We are not. I don't care what COVID says. I don't care where America is right now. We are not believers. We are not in despair. That's right. Can you say amen? Exactly we are persecuted, but Jesus has not abandoned us. He is still on the throne. I don't care what happens in this election. Jesus is still on the throne. Amen. And it says we are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to keep on keeping on, yes. obeying God, yes. and do what he's called us to yes. do. And we will all make it to the coming of the Lord. Amen. Clap real good. Come on. Praise God. She's not only good looking, she's pretty spunky. <laughs> Thank God. It's good to see you, everybody. Thank God we get to be Christians in the last of the last days. What a treat. What a privilege. To shine for God. Amen? Amen. You know, some people, I call them dim wicks. You remember the old lantern the Bible talks about? You may have, if you have if you've never had one like out camping, you know the little the little fuel you put in the bottom and then you have a little deal to, you know, it's got a wick in it and a glass cover. You, you may have never had one. Maybe you're old enough to have lit your house that way. I'm not. <laughs> but maybe you've even seen it on an old Western movie. But when you turn the fuel up, you can do what's called trim your wick. And then it just brightens the room up and the, and the fuel burns so clean. This is a great day, my friend, to trim your wick. Because if you're a dim wick, you're just, you're just, you're putting fumes in the air. Okay, I'll give you that. But it resembles being bright and, and clear and holy. But praise God, we're not supposed to resemble it. We are it. Say, I am. I am. The lamp of God. And I will let my light shine in the name of Jesus. Wow. Now, how many of you were actually raised in church? You had good Christian parents? Let me see. You, I don't know how to say it, you lucky ducks. Well, you're not lucky and you're not ducks, but you know the saying. How many of you were not raised in any church of any kind? Let me see. Yeah. 
Okay, well, welcome aboard. <laughs> it's a shocking. My mama died at 90, not too long ago, you know, a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, I asked her when she was like 89, I said, Mom, why don't I remember ever praying as a kid? She goes, we never prayed. I said, well, that's probably why I don't remember. <laughs> and I said, and I don't ever remember reading a Bible or even seeing a Bible. She goes, well, we had that big old Bible on the living room little table thing. I said, yeah, but the only time we ever opened that big old family Bible thing is if you slid something in there, like a, I don't know what you, a picture or something to do with one of us kids. We never read it. She goes, heavens, no, we never read it. She almost had look look like it was for reading. <laughs> now, later on, my mama got born again, just like the rest of us, you know, in my family. I want to say this to you. I met Jesus Christ as a warrior, a Marine leader in the Vietnam War. I met him before I met the church. Not that, not that it needs to be that way. I'm just saying it's, it's what happened to me. So I met him. I've never turned back. But listen to me. Since I got born again, we discovered something. When you look this way, this is back in the 70s. When you look this way, nobody in my bloodline was born again. Say nobody. nobody. We were marked by Satan and destined for hell. And then on this side, we found out there's really nobody on Vicky's family, as far as you could look, that was truly born again. The whole family was cursed. Two cursed kids... And our whole families. You know what would have happened without Christ? We would have had the babies that we had. They would have grew up. They would have had babies like they have. I have seven grandkids, four great-grandkids. And you know what? They'd be all marked by Satan for hell. But instead, we not only met Christ, we became the filter just like some of you. We became the filter for our family. And because of it, now it took us two or three years, but we got every family member on both sides of that born again, most of them spirit-filled, but we got them born again, made sure they were ready for heaven. Can I have an amen on that? Yeah, man. Woo! That's what we're supposed to do, is let no, no relative, no family member go to hell on our watch. Have you found that sometimes family members are the hardest to deal with? Or you have the less impact on them sometimes? That doesn't let you off the hook. Your yes is your yes, and if they say no, too bad for them, hit them again. Oh yeah, I used to call my one brother, I have three brothers. I used to call my one brother, he's a year younger than me, and I call him like two or three in the morning. Because everybody's home. It's a great time to call. So I call him and I'd act like, well, I didn't act like, I'd yell and scream at him. He'd, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, sir, listen to me, Matthew, listen, it's Mark. I'm just telling you, man, it's a grave urgency. He said, Mom, is there something wrong with Mom? What's going on? I said, you're going to hell. <laughs> you need Jesus. I'd hang up. I couldn't tell you how many times I did that. Until finally, I called him one time and I said, no, let me tell you what happened first. I went, I preached in our church on hell. Don't listen to these loonies telling you there's no hell. 
Jesus Christ defined hell very, very thoroughly and talked about it more than anybody that you could read at in this Bible. So I taught on hell. Who's going there? Is there a hell? There is. Who, can you define it? The Bible does. Who's going there? The Bible tells you. So I, but I cued it right about where the wailing, gnashing of teeth, and your worm never dies. So you know sinners, man. I, this is back in the cassette day. So I bought a cassette player, the battery kind, and I put the tape in there, the cassette tape, and I cued it right to that spot, and I put a sticky note on here, because you never know with sinners. So I put a sticky note with an arrow, push this button. And so I put a note in there, I have something you need to listen to. It's got your name all over it. And so uh, I sent that to him. So he called, he, he listened to it. He got the package. You know, I sent it like it was an organ, like a liver, you know, or a kidney. It was all packaged, right? Had emergency all over it. Urgent, handled with care. Life is at stake, you know. So when he got it, he's thinking, oh my God, what is this? And it was my cassette player. Push this button. So he did it. So he called me on the phone after he listened to that. <laughs> and he said, uh, I listened to that, that you know, thing you sent me. I said, well, it's a good thing. Did you know that hell that's in there? He goes, yeah. I said, that's where you're going. And your worm never dies. He goes, well, I don't think, I don't have any worms. Teasing him, I said, well, I guess they issue one when you get there. I don't know. <laughs> But Jesus said, your worm never dies, so sooner or later you're going to have one. It doesn't mean that kind of worm, but he didn't know that. He goes, well, I, I, don't, know. I don't want to go to hell, so uh, I'll give my life to Christ right now. I said, all right, let's pray. And he goes, hold on. No, 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 no. I know you, Mark. If, uh, no, we're not doing that. i got to come see you, because unless you sit and look in my eye and look in my face, you will not believe that I truly mean it. And I said, well, you better get up here, and I hope you don't crash on the way, because you'll go to hell if you do. <laughs> got him born again. I said, I got him born again. Right. And my other brothers got born again. Right. My cousins got born again. Our aunt and uncles got born again. Why? We're the life of Christ, man. We're, the, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. I had one cousin, and he was just being a hard case. I mean, I tried and tried. He just, it, it's not like he hated God. He just wasn't going to give in. So he was a truck driver out of Chicago. So I happened to have a disciple back in that day, especially, that uh, was a uh, highway patrol. So I called him on the phone, and I, this is cell phones were just coming out. You remember the old flip phone? Are you old enough to remember the Star Trek flip phone? Nobody is? Alan, you're lying. I'll flat guarantee you, you remember a flip phone. Okay, you do. So I called my state patrol buddy, and I said, uh, uh, my cousin drives for this company. Here's his truck number. He leaves Chicago about this time, and he'll rate, almost be by the... In, he's an Indiana patrol. He's almost by, he'll just pass the Indiana border normally at about this time. Can you do me a great favor? Oh, Doc, anything for you, man. I mean, I owe you my life. I'm born again. I said, good. Will you just pull him over? He goes, what for? Just pull him over. Walk up to the door. He'll roll down the window. Hand, call me and hand him the cell phone. 
He goes, that's it? I said, that's it, man. Sure enough, he finds him. He pulls him over, right? The lights are flashing, you know. And he walks up and he bangs on the, the guy rolls down the window, my cousin. And he says, hang on a minute, sir. He dials my number. I said, yeah. He goes, this is... This is, you know, uh, I said, well, hand him the phone. So here, someone wants to talk to you. It was me. I said, you are going to hell. You're going to burn forever. Don't you get it? He goes, how did you find me? I said, I know everybody. He goes, well, I guess so. I said, you listen to me. That state trooper is a Christian. We're going to lead you to Jesus Christ right now on the side of this highway. And you're not going to say no to me anymore. You got it? All right, all right. You're going to leave me alone if I do? No! There's no barter in this. You're going to hell. You don't want to escape it. And sometimes you have to be this bold if you don't want to watch your family just burn in hell. And lit, no phrase on this. I don't use slang words. And just live in hell on their way there. That's not the will of God. We're covenant people. Can I have a better amen? amen? Amen. And so go after it. Now raise a hand to me, every one of you right now. Come on. Father, I pray right now. I really feel strong about this, man. Uh, sister, this is what the Lord's saying to me. Pray this anointing to be a family savior through Christ, a friend. You know, we all got friends somewhere. They're not all born again, probably. I pray in Jesus' name for a fresh anointing to fall upon us. Yes, a fresh anointing to be upon us to win souls, to challenge our family, our neighbors, our friends, and not give up on it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you, Lord. Anoint us for this. And let us be bold and not embarrassed and not shy. Shy is an excuse of cowards. Help us to rise up in this day because we're in the very last of the last days. Say amen. Now the Bible says, and I love this, in Proverbs 22, it's a powerful verse. Yeah, you could read it later in different versions. I want to read it to you in a modern version. It so fits today. It says... A prudent person, that's one who's known for wisdom. A prudent person foresees the dangers ahead. Okay? And he takes precautions. Not hide, not fear. You ever seen so much fear in your whole life? You know what the meltdown is? It, the president, it seems like President Trump realized one day he was kind of being led astray by people who shouldn't have ruled the world. And he started pushing them in the shadows and making other decisions. But then it fell to the governors. The governors in our, in our nation almost became like gods. You do what we say or else. That's called tyranny. In any language, in any country, anywhere. Okay? So, but now, like in our state, we had to take our governor to the Supreme Court. And when they did, they stripped her of those powers almost immediately. It was immediately active. And, and so, but, in, but think about this. You know, when you, when you quarantine sick people, if you do it properly, not slavery, quarantine, there's a big difference. And so when you do it properly, it's biblical. Leper colonies. 
women with issues of blood in those days were not allowed to be in the public until you know they were cleansed and it was over. And so we understand that for the sake of the sick and for the sake of them not spreading it. But when you lock up people who, do, who are not sick, it's called tyranny. In every language, Spanish, French, English, Portuguese, doesn't matter. It's unlawful. For America, it's illegal. When they locked you and me down, that was the greatest act of illegal operation our government has ever done in the history of our nation. Go study it for yourself. It was not legal. You know why? Because, you see, in America, we have a thing called the Constitution of the United States. You know what that's for? To protect you in your God-given rights. The Constitution gives you no rights. It protects your rights. God gave you all those rights. Think about it. You have the right to worship your God even in the public square. Now, you know, we're heading this election time, you know, and I'm not here to really talk about that. I'm here to talk about the last days. That's my assignment. My assignment right now is to blow a trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm in the holy mountain. I've given up almost all of my world missions. I'm a missionary mostly. I'm still in 80-some countries. But, you know, I've given a lot of that up to come home to America because God said, you sound the alarm in the churches of America and among my people. If you want to know what America is going to look like a year and a half from now, if the wrong people take over, look at their prize, California. They brag about California, and California is in total lockdown, you could say. The governor of California said, no more church indefinitely. They're having underground church, like China. The Chinese virus brought a Chinese demon with it, and they've locked down, not just California, by the way, but in California, they have to have underground church, or the pastor could get arrested, or it's a $10,000 fine. They're up to $10,000 per church service, and the members can be fined $750 every time they come to church. But you know what's amazing about it? They're not doing that with other gatherings. I wonder why. Because it's called anti-Christ. It's anti-Christ. It's not across the board. And so, now they're underground. So they park all over town, and they walk in almost secretly into the sanctuaries, and they don't park in the church parking lot because then the authorities come. And get this, your neighbors are paid to squeal on you. There's a bonus money if they squeal on you and call the cops. So now, I know this because I have churches in California. Now you know what's happening? The government said... You can, if you, if you want to have church, you can follow a government ruling list. It's like, I can't remember, it's like nine pages. You can have like five people or eight people at a time. They have to. And so I had a pastor call me a couple, oh, now about a month ago. And he said, guess what just happened? I said, well, let me check. Shouldn't you be in church right now? He said, yeah, the government is sending inspectors into the church services to make sure that the church is being run according to what the governor or the mayor says. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're not talking about Russia. 
This isn't Belarus. This isn't China. This is the United States of America. So now they're busting home Bible studies. Yes, they are. I'm not exaggerating at all. So uh, this pastor calls me. He's one of my men. He says, you know, because we can't have church, we're splitting up our church all over the city, and they're having little home Bible studies. But now they're coming in, and they're fining the homeowner up to $10,000 if they don't arrest that person, and just like $750 per person if you attend the Bible study. But it's kind of strange because... They're not busting mostly other home activities of gathering, Bible studies, church services. Check this out. That state and another one said, if you do go to church, you cannot sing and worship God. It's against the law. Now they say it's because of COVID that you release more stuff into the air if you sing, and you can't blow any horns, because that takes that puts moisture in the air. It's like, do not worship God. Now I knew a guy, I, I know a story like this, and uh, it was four Hebrew children. Three ended up in a furnace saying, "We're going to worship our God, not yours. And we're going to do it whether you like it or not." They seem to turn out okay. In fact, they changed their whole nation. Because in the end, that king that wanted the God-fearing people dead said, our nation will now worship their God. You still with me? We're in the last of the last days. This says the, the, the guy, the woman with a little bit of smarts, wisdom, he sees all this, and he also sees what's yet to come. And he takes precaution. Now, it goes on to say, but the simpleton, you would say in modern English, the foolish person, the fool. The simpleton, the, the, this verse says, he just goes blindly on. And he suffers the circumstances. He suffers the consequences. Wow. I'm no fool, are you? I don't think you are. So we know, we, we, come on, man. You don't even need the prophet of God to come and say, hey, do you know what's going on, man? It's all over the place. You're surrounded with it. And honestly, we don't make fun of COVID. COVID is a bad, bad, bad deal. And it was launched on the world on purpose. But we, don't met, we understand that COVID's for real, but the crisis was man-made. It was overreach. It was mismanagement. It was people, and here's what's happening. It went from the president to the governors to the mayors. You know who's going to rule your life now? Merchants. In the state of Michigan, it's all over with, but I'll flat guarantee you, you go to some of those restaurants and some of those stores, it, people who have wanted authority all their life and shouldn't have any because they don't know what to do with it, they will still try to enforce the COVID exaggerations upon you and still get you to comply and submit. Why? Because it's demonic. It's demonic. And that demon doesn't want to go away. Now let me explain because some of you are staring at me. I'm okay with that. I'm used to being stared at. Uh, you see, again, the COVID-19, you know why it's called 19? Because there's been others. It's not a nickname. I carry a list with me. 
of the last 20 years. Every year for the last 20 years, something has come on the scene that's supposed to destroy us all and kill us all. The thing is, it never did, though they were deadly. Huh? This is the first time in my lifetime, I'm 68 years old, this is the first time, I think, in American history, I think I can properly say that, that we've ever shut down the country over anything, let alone a germ. But from the time of announcement, it took 14 days for the Antichrist and berserk leadership to shut down the entire globe. And in 14 days, my friend, 15 people ran the entire world. And 50% of them were not elected officials. How could that happen in France, in Germany, in England? in Australia, and New Zealand, and South Africa, and Canada, and the United States of America. And 50% of those 15 people, they're doctors, they're so-called scientists, they're, but they're not even elected officials. How could they do that? So this crisis that we've been facing is man-made. It's overreach. It's mismanagement. It's leadership not knowing what they're doing. It's fear. They're afraid of being sued if they do. They're afraid of being sued if they don't. And then now it's trickled down to school board members and merchants and the Walmart guy. And I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying it is shuffled down now. And we'll have to see who that demon can convince to still rule your life. Oh, excuse me. With the idea of protecting you and taking care of you. I haven't lost track. It's not a town hall meeting. I'm not running for office. I'm talking about us, the body of Christ, living in the last days. Wow. Now, we had, maybe you heard about it. We had the, good to see you, by the way, preacher. We know of your work. It's good. You keep it up. We're proud of that work, man. You're a holy man. Uh, we, 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 we. I feel impressed putting my hand on you all of a sudden. Father, I th in fact, let me get my oil out. Now the Lord says, anoint you with oil. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you for the real deal, people. We're so tired of Tinseltown and uh, hirelings, and we're so tired. Now I anoint you with oil for the day ahead. You've done so well in your God. I anoint you with oil. In Jesus' name, this fresh anointing will come on you from the prophet's office from the Lord Jesus, your boss. You've done well, my son, the Lord says, because you never quit. You've been betrayed. You've been deserted. You've been lied about. You've been lied to. You've been promised with little result. You have worked your garden, but you wait till you see now as I breathe upon you and as I breathe upon your garden, you're entering a time of flourishing like never before. And you'll do well with it. You won't cheat me, the Lord says. You're one of those. And I see more people coming to you. I see more. You're going to have a larger army. You have a command about you that uh, you're going to help a whole lot more people than what you're helping now in the name of Jesus. I think we ought to clap once. Come on, praise God. Come on, clap real good. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Master.
Now, you might have heard up in my town, my area, well, it's my town, about the dams breaking and the floods. Have you heard about that at all? Well, if you haven't, four, three dams broke and emptied three lakes immediately. Now, when you empty a lake, it's not swelling water. Think of a rapids, the worst rapids you've ever seen, and multiply it by 1,000. Because when billions and trillions of tons of water bash through neighborhoods, it takes everything with it, right? So again, the water was real, and it was very dangerous, and it just wiped out communities. So, I mean, it, it, it picked up automobiles and just bashed them into people's houses. That's how bad those rapids were. And it happened in hours, not two weeks. In hours, four, excuse me, three lakes. Actually, there's a fourth lake, but it was past us. They just emptied out. Do you know why they emptied out? Because the dams needed to be repaired. But the environmentalist people talked our government into not lowering the water low enough to repair them because of clam beds. Then if those, if anything, now we don't eat those clams. Have you ever come to Michigan? Do not eat those clams. <laughs> the coon and the bears might eat, but don't eat those clams. It wasn't, it wasn't for eating purposes. They said it would mess up the ecological system. So they kept applying for help and, and, and permits so they could, they could, you know, the dam, the, I almost said the dam, but I meant to say the people who own the dams. Oh my Lord, that almost came out. You would have forgot everything I preached, but you would have told all your friends, you should have heard what Barclay said right there. The people who owned the dams were denied. And finally, like a year ago, they said, listen, these, this dam's gonna blow. And when it does, this lake's going to empty into that one. And that dam can't hold the water volume, especially bashing water, and it's going to blow that dam. And you know what? No, we can't do that. We'll mess up those clam beds. This is one of my favorite billboards of all times. It's on one of our roads. It's a massive billboard to the governor, and it says, How are your clams doing now, ma'am? What's your point, Doc? The point is, the water was real, and it was extremely dangerous. But the crisis was man-made. The crisis was man-made. It could have been totally, absolutely avoided. Back to COVID. COVID's for real. It's deadly. But it's not just a China germ. It's a China demon. Let me rephrase that. It's a demon that came out of China. Look what it's doing. It is, it, it, in 14 days, honey, it renovated our government. Tell me that's not demonic. We're the land of the free, 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 and the land of the brave. We, had a, we literally had a judge in Michigan say, at a court, you know, when we sued the governor, the, court, the judge said, the check this out, the Constitution of the United States can be put on hold while the governor deals with COVID and tries to save your life. Oh, no. Then it can be reinstated. What? Oh, no. There's no higher law. That's right. 
than the Constitution, but the Bible. There's no lower law anywhere that should supersede the Constitution of the United States. I learned that in the sixth grade. Doesn't it do something to you? It does me. Maybe it doesn't. I went to Vietnam for 21 months. I lived. But over 56,000 of my comrades did not. Some are still missing. Their families can't even get their bodies. So, those of you that are stuck in a socialistic system, and though and you're going to still vote that way, why don't you just drive to D.C., find the Vietnam Memorial, and just spit on it. Because that's what you're doing when you get caught up in that engine. So there's men like greater than me, because they gave it all. You know why we were in Vietnam? The biggest reason, stop the spread of socialism which eventually, as people are deceived, will turn in to communism and then dictatorship. And it really kind of burns me that someone like Bernie Sanders, I don't know the guy, he's not my, he's not my point. My point is, he, he's running for, he was running for president, claiming he's a full-blown socialist. Okay, so... To me, that's a nutcase, man. This is America. However, what about the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who would gather for this socialist that men like me fought for and my comrades died for, and now it's okay? Listen, I've, been, I've lapped this globe a few times, darling. No exaggeration. I've been all over the world. I'm a missionary at heart. And uh, I've done missions work since I can remember. I have probably preached, I was thinking about this the other day, I believe I have preached in every socialist, communist country on this globe. Let me tell you something. You cannot find a socialist or a communist country anywhere, including Canada. Canada is almost all socialist. And I can say that because I married a French-Canadian and I am a Canadian ministry and I do a lot of work in Canada and I know what I'm talking about. Listen, you can't find one that the government doesn't rule the church. The preachers preach what they're told and you're, and you're fined or jailed if you're not. I have to be ever so cautious when I cross the U.S. border into Canada or even our telecast because if you say certain things in a socialist country preacher, you'll get arrested for it, you'll get fined for it, or they'll boot you out because you didn't obey the government rules of what the church can and cannot do. Now, I just explained California to you. Do you think you're that far? I don't think so. Listen, I noticed a lot of people, I don't think you, I don't think you're the fool that sees this danger and sees what's coming and does nothing about it. I don't believe that's you. I believe you're God's people. I believe you have discernment and I believe you have great wisdom and you, won't, and you prepare yourself for what's coming and therefore it will not get you. Can I have a better amen on it? 
Some of you have that look like you were really on your way to an Amway conference and you made a wrong turn and you found yourself in here. I'm sorry. Wow. Some of you could be, I hope not, but I'm watching even a lot of church people. They're getting caught up in what they want you to get caught up in. They're setting you up to get caught up into two personalities. Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden. It's all about Trump-Biden. Have you seen lately any bumper sticker that says conservative-liberal? It's always a personality. Trump-Pence, Biden-Harris. You know why? Because this is set up to dupe you into getting caught up into two persons. Who do you like? Who don't you like? Who... Who, who talks the way you want? Who doesn't talk the way you want? Who dresses the way you like? Who, who makes you feel ooey-gooey and lovey-dovey and who doesn't? That's what this is set up to do. You're smart enough to see this, right? They're front men. Yeah, they make decisions. Yeah, they make... But listen to me. If you want to be smart, you better look at the engines that run those guys. The organizations that's running them. And when you take all the names out, darling, I'm serious about this. You take all the names out. Just get rid of all the names on the whole pecking order. Just go down this side and this side. What does this engine, this organization, this convention, what are they believing for? What, what do they want? What's their prime goal? What do they... What are, and then look at the other one and it becomes really, 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 really easy for a Christian to decide, I'm not voting for that. I'm voting for this. Now, I belong uh, to several brotherhoods. Amen. I appreciate you hanging out with uh, uh, Bishop Butler and Deborah. They're our dear, long, long, long time friends. That's a smart choice. Even if guys like this go to the meeting, don't let that stop you. <laughs> oh, wow. That was an uppercut. Pow. Uh, anyways, you know, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Um, the Lord's talking to me about some. Lift your hands just a minute. Jesus, I thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now look up here. I don't want you to lose track of my message. I'm not talking about the elections, talking about the last days. And all of this is inclusive. Don't fall for these demonic forces that are duping you. It doesn't matter. Listen, we're Christians. The Bible says there's no Jew nor Greek. There's no bond. There's free. In the kingdom of God, we're blood washed. Now, I've been hearing this most of my life. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Maybe you do. I don't. Uh, I hear all this. See, Americans love this word called racial. And the Bible says in Matthew 24, you know, that uh, nations would rise against nations. But the word nations there doesn't mean kingships, kingdoms, or countries. It, it's, it's our word for ethnos, ethnic, ethnic groups. But wait a minute, man. This is the body of Christ. We, we celebrate our... Our Christ, we don't celebrate our differences in the kingdom of God. I know there's differences, but that's not, that's not our goal in the kingdom of God. And if you're, listen, I'm going to help you. 
you can study any book you want, including the Bible. You know what you're going to find? There's one human race. Amen. And unless you got a trunk or a tail, <laughs> you're part of it. And you ain't no better than I am. And I'm no better than you are. You're a human. You're part of the human race. The very idea of them bringing up what race are you. I, I asked a custom agent this a while back. Uh, you know, we're, I fly in and out of wherever, you know, with our aircraft. So we have a customs agent pastor right there on our field. So I asked him this question. I said, you know, I, I got a question for you. You fill out this little travel form, and they want you to put in there. There's a little box. Are you white? Are you black? Right? Are you Hispanic? Okay, that's it. And I'm good. But then there's this little box that literally says, you know what it says? Huh? Well, there's other. Not sure what other means. I mean, I've seen a lot of people in my day, but when it comes to the shade of skin, there's only so many of them. And for all you wonderful white folks, if you don't like black folks, why are you tanning all the time? I see it all the time. They're down there on the beach oiling up, and then the same nutcases are prejudiced. What on earth? Come see me. and If you don't slap yourself, I'll help you. Well, but see, it's a trick. It's on purpose. And it's anti-Christian. It's anti-Christ. Have you ever noticed, um, you know this whole lie about separation of church and state? It's no law. Go find out for yourself. It don't exist. It was borrowed, and it's been exaggerated. But don't fool yourself, man. We're last day's people. For years, men like myself... Hilton Sutton, Lester Summerall, I don't know if you know these names. We talked about all this stuff was coming, the end times, Armageddon, the Israel, America, and here it is. We're living in it. Wow. God help us. Lift your hands to heaven for a minute. I feel such a strong anointing. I'm trying to help you, not pick on you. Just say, Lord, anoint me for today. Anoint me for today. What are you saying to me? I'm going there, guys. Man. Wow. Chill, sister. Man. What's in the other box? You didn't tell us what's in the other box. I'm going there, okay? So I'm a slow locomotive. I'm pulling a big load, baby. Hang in there. <laughs> this other box literally says, now this is after the Hispanic, black, it literally says, check here if you're not Hispanic. It doesn't say check here if you're not white. It doesn't say check here if you're not black. Now, I'm not Hispanic, <laughs> but if I was, I'd be asking questions about that box. What's that doing there? Oh, that's my alarm. 
You are saved. I was going to lay it on you in about two minutes. But maybe I'll just hit the snooze button. Just like that. Ten more minutes. Just like ten more minutes. You know what I learned this morning? You can hit it another time. I get 10 more minutes. I get, I get 20 more minutes just by. <laughs> Praise God. Or I could be like my dear friend Kenneth Copeland and just, who cares? Keep on preaching. <laughs> oh, we're picking on it. Really? Another box? See, it's designed. We're the only religion on this planet that uses the word church. Separation of church and state doesn't say religion and state. Muslims don't use the church word. Islam, they don't use it. The Hindu, they don't use the word church. They got other words for their gathering place, but they don't say church. Why is it written, and why is it always spoke about separation of church and state? And we'll tell you why. Because it's anti-Christ. You're in the biggest anti-Christ movement America has ever seen. And if you fall for it, no matter, no matter what your roots, no matter where you're coming from, if you fall for this, you will end up literally voting for, paying for, and submitting to people who really want our country to give place to the anti-Christian way, anti-Christ. Now, imagine what we just taught the Antichrist system and the Antichrist himself will say. We just taught him that we will comply and shut down the world, go broke, lose our businesses, lose our schools, take away everything we enjoy and isolate ourselves in our own homes. You'll understand this better than probably anybody in the room, your family. I have a friend, he's a great preacher. I have a lot of friends that are African-American, or if, you, if I can say black anymore, I don't know, I have to check every day. But you know, you know what I mean by it. You know my ministry, so you know I'm not prejudiced at all. So he's a black preacher, and he said, Doc, let me tell you something. When you take a black man, and you tell, the government says you gotta stay home. You can only come out when we tell you, and you can only go where we tell you. Like in Michigan, you go to the pharmacy, you can go to the grocery store, and you can go to the gas station, right? That was the original rule. And when you tell a black man that when he leaves, he's got to wear a mask, he's got to, and you tell a black man, you go into the store, and you can only buy what the government says you can buy. Because that's what happened, I don't know what happened here. In Michigan, you were locked in your house, baby. You couldn't even work your garden. It was illegal to buy seeds to plant in your garden. They police taped in the stores like Meyer Walmart. They, they police taped off whole sections. I'm already in the store. What's it matter what I buy? Tyranny, Antichrist, control. And so, I'm going to get off from this now. I'm going to stop right there, I guess. But you better not fall for this. This is the biggest day the Antichrist has ever had. And we just taught him.
the black man. I listened to him, man. Uh, if you and I would listen to each other, we're going to solve a lot of stuff. And just so I finish that properly, I guess. He said, Doc, when all that happened, he went down that list. He said, this is the worst slavery man has ever known other than you don't get the beating. He said, there's no other word for this. I thought, well, I humbly admit I'm not black, and I, I, uh, but I, if I'm white and I feel that way, and I'm being slaved and I'm being controlled and I'm a prisoner to the state in America, then I or you, regardless of color of your skin, you can walk into the store because the government said that store could be open. It was considered essential. Who made that decision? Who gets to decide that? Church is not essential. Jesus Christ is not essential. That's what they said. That's what they're still saying in like five of our states. What? Wow. And the Antichrist learned that in 14 days he can shut down the entire world, not just the free world, the entire world, just shut it down. And everyone submitted with hardly no outcry, hardly no, with, there was some, but hardly no pushback. There's still hardly any pushback. So, like in my state, I'm wondering, I'll talk about my state instead of yours, because that's where I live, and I don't want to pick on yours. But in my state, the governor's been put in her place, the Supreme Court stopped everything, considered it unlawful, and now there's no penalty to anything. So now I'm, I'm wondering, this demon that wanted to control our lives, will it really fall to the merchants? Do I want merchants, restaurant owners, school board members, do I really want them now to rule my life? Because I didn't elect them. They're not my leaders. So why? So you know what this might come down to? If you don't wear a mask, you don't come in our store. If you don't practice separation, you don't. No, wait a minute. I don't care if you wear a mask or not. That's not my point. I'm talking about the last days. Don't lose track of my message. Just because I'm dealing with some touchy stuff, that's my duty. And I think separation's okay as far as that's concerned. Being locked in your house is a little bit too far. Right? And you know what who said? World Health Organization? Did you hear what their top doctor said? Not, not Fauci, the other one. And he said, now that we have pushed COVID out of the public square into homes, we got to go into the homes and find those family members that have it and remove them from those homes, quote, unquote. Try it. <laughs> I double dog dare you. Come in and take one of my babies or drag my wife away from me. Good luck, Charlie. Hmm? Your point, Doc? It's last days, honey. And you think this is the last thing coming down the pike? We failed this test so bad. The government totally blew this out of the water. They still are, some of them. And they're not all like bad, evil people. They just blew this out of the water. If it was a test, the government flunked, the medical flunked, right? 
the church basically flunked, the average American citizen totally flunked, and we just did what we were told. Really. So it, it's given this Antichrist. You watch. I hate to say it, actually. The next time there's anything life-threatening or the government thinks it's life-threatening, get ready for another closure and another shutdown for your own sake, for your own good. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Some of you look like you want to swing on me, but I may be old and fat, but I remember some stuff. The last days, but now... Let's not leave it here. I feel like you're bleeding, and I'm going to send you home bleeding, you know. How about, good to see you, Priscilla, I love you. How about, uh, in fact, I'm going to anoint you with oil in just a minute. You know, how about, it's also the day of the Christ, because it is. Think about this a minute. There was an earthquake in Iowa, no, excuse me, a hurricane in Iowa. Do you know where? <laughs> oh, sorry, not supposed to do that. I usually say another sermon has died. <laughs> the power of the finger. You want to touch it right there? Just do it. <laughs> Ten more minutes. And you gave it to me. So if they don't like me, you better run after church, sister. Wow. All right, we're going to quit. Pray for you in just a minute. So let's wrap this up. It's the day of the Christ. Not just the Antichrist, but there was a hurricane in Iowa. Have you ever been to Iowa? That's what the Weather Channel reported. Hurricane in Iowa. I heard that, I thought, what is it? I thought it was one of those joke things that they do. Like, who's on TV? It's the Weather Channel. An earthquake in Iowa. If you don't hear a thing I said tonight, that should tell you you're in the last days. Wait a minute. We've had three earthquakes in Michigan? No, California, yeah. A Michigan earthquake. I, I grew up there. I've lived there. I went back there after the war. I've been there 40 years. We don't have earthquakes. I'm not talking about a tremor. I'm talking about an earthquake. Seriously. Yeah. Every country that the Bible says will be in the Middle East for Armageddon is there right now, first time in human history. It's never happened in all of human history. They're there right they're there now. And until Mr. Trump came, Gog and Magog, do you know those names from the Bible? That's Russia, we'll say, in the north. They were calling the shots. But even though the US was there, they were calling the shots in the Middle East. Now, since Mr. Trump has come, they're just kind of slipping in the shadows. I don't know if he's got them scared or if he just or what's going on, but you know. You saw the negotiation, I think. Peace with Israel. Did you see that from, a, from, from very well-known Arab Muslim countries? I asked someone in, like in State Department level, I said, what's going on with that? Now the Bible says there'll be peace and then 
Adios, amigo. They said, well, he's kind of, Mr. Trump's a great negotiator. This is the answer I got. Mr. Trump's a great negotiator. He went over and said, you could be richer. You could live in peace. You could have world trade. You could have us as your ally. And he pauses, or we'll annihilate you and blow you off the map. Now, wouldn't you like to be friends with Israel? Yeah, where do I sign? <laughs> I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about the last days. The Bible says that the enemy of Israel will become at peace with them for a season, and then the end. It's the day you live in. But as much as this, I want to say this one more time, as much as this is the day of the Antichrist, it's the day of the Christ. God's on the move, man, I'm telling you. And the body of Christ, I don't know why this is, we're the slowest people to stand up. But when we do, the whole earth shakes. God is on the move, I'm telling you. And he's going to raise you up and me up, and we're going to be this mighty army. The coward preachers, the hirelings, the toothies, the preppies, the little sweeties, they're not going to be able to handle this war. They're going to get pushed to the side. And the real men and women of God are going to rise up with power, and the body of Christ is going to follow us. Give me a real amen. Come on, shout amen once. Yes, praise God, yes. And you're one of those. You're one of those. God has groomed you two for this. And you're not afraid. That's what I love about you. You fear no man. You don't, that's me. I don't fear anybody. And I don't fear a group of people. I, you know, brother, some guy told me this. You know, Brother Barkley, you know, they posted that thing on the internet. I mean, they're going to go after you. Well, what do I care? I don't even know them. And if I knew him, I probably wouldn't like him anyhow. You're one of those. You're both bold and loud and you're sure-footed. That's what we need. God wants local churches that are stable and clear. You have a, you have a way to create clarity. So does your ministry. You have a way to bring clarity. See, out there, man, they're, they're confused puppies. They don't know if they're canine or feline. You know what I mean? They don't know if they're a, if they're a dog or a, or a cat. It's amazing. They're, you ever hear their, their answers and their solutions? Listen to, listen to the people that want to take over your country through government. Have you ever really stopped to listen to their solutions? It's delusional. It's delusional, man. But when the church rises up, we will rally together. We're the only voice, and we'll close, listen to me. We're the only voice that Jesus Christ has. No other religion speaks for Jesus. None. No other people. Listen, last election, only 52% of all conservatives even registered to vote. In the last, in the last, you know, middle, you know, election, um, only 26% of all conservative people voted. 26%. Why is that so important? Look at California, look at Massachusetts and other places. 
And you better pay attention because if that certain organization can get America, if, if, they could, if the people who are running California, if they could get the House, the Senate, and the presidency, the church is doomed. Because they'll do to America what they're doing out there. We'll be the underground church. I have a hard time believing that God wants the church smothered in the last days. He wants us bright, and He wants us bold, and He wants us loud. Can I have an amen on it? Now clap real good. Come on, do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Well, if I, if I don't stop now, you might as well throw this in the trash can. Okay. You, what now? You'll take it? Huh. You got your own, baby. You want mine too? That's a good woman for you. What's hers is hers. And what's mine is hers. And all the married men said, the rest of you married men are cowards. You could have said it right there, right in the midst of us. But oh no, oh no. Heavenly Father, I know, Lord, this is a punchy message. We touched on several things that are just so touchy. But we're the church. We can handle truth. This is the, the Antichrist wants our Ministry. The Antichrist wants to shut down our churches. Antichrist. They want us to be quiet. They want men like me and these great preachers in this house to go away. Shut up. Sit down and go away. They want our country because the Antichrist knows there's no country on this planet, my Lord. There's no country on this planet that pumps out more gospel and more help and health money to the world than America. But we're saying tonight as the church, no more. We're not going to hunker down, hide in the bush, hide in the holes like the army of Israel. We're going to be young Davids and we're going to rise up with a, with a weapon and with ammo. I don't mean a gun. I mean, you know, spiritually. And we're going to go after this thing. And everybody say, I'm going to push this demon back. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Say this with me. I am not the simpleton. I'm not the fool who sees the danger and does nothing about it. Say, no, that's not me. I'm the wise man, the wise woman. And in Jesus' name, I see it, and I see it coming. And I'm going to do something about it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now clap real good. Do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me pray over you too. Come in. Help me, Vicki. Father, I thank you right now for Alan, April, all that they do, all what their dream is. Their voices of the last days. You're going to use them to set a lot of people free who are just totally bound. And you're a God of restoration, and this is a restoration ministry. Mm. This is a very, this ministry has been very unusually gifted to restore broken lives. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for it. May a fresh anointing come on them. 
more than ever before, the anointing of God to be upon them. In Jesus' name, grow this ministry in every aspect. Grow this church. Let it swell. Let it let I pray I see it. They're gonna go. May they go into two services. They can't seat everybody, yes. and then an evening service because people are gonna hear about this. That they're gonna come to it, and we are not the church of the Antichrist. We are full blown Christianity. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that over you, and I anoint right you for that in the name, in of, the name Jesus. of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Priscilla, come up here, darling. This is one of our daughters. We're gonna put a. Amen. Father, I thank you. I see in the Spirit a supernatural peace, a cloud of peace hovering over your life. I see supernatural God intervention in different areas of your life. The Lord says, I've heard your cry. I'm getting involved and I'm going to help you. We anoint you for it because the anointing of God it lifts every level especially heavy level burden that drives you to your knees and it destroys every yoke of Satan. Yes. We pray that over you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, close your eyes with me and bow your heads just a minute, everybody. Would you do that for a minute? That way, you know, nobody's looking around. I get a little privacy. It's the only way, because you know, the sanctuary is not a private room. It's a family room. Amen? Uh, Unless you musicians can play with your eyes closed, uh, it's okay to stop. I don't want anybody looking around but me. Thank you, guys. This is really private. Now, you say, Doc, there's something in my life. I need God's help. Now, it could be deliverance. Like, hey, I'm bound to something. I'm not going to interview you, by the way. Or it could be, uh, it might not be that, my friends. It could be, hey, I'm finally getting my act together, and I need God's help. I need to be restored. I need my life to pan out for me. If that's you, either category, I need to be free from something, or I kind of am free, but I'm just like restarting my life and I need help. You lift your hands to heaven. Nobody's looking but me now. Father, I pray over every person. Do that for them. Get them free from whatever has messed them up. You're such a big, big God. And you know everything about us. Everything. You know everything about us. And I thank you. For these that are rebooting their life, They're like in a fresh start, fresh commitment. May this be their day. They're never going to fall back. They're never going to turn back. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray that. And now, Lord, I pray over every single one of us, everybody in this room, all just bless us, Lord. Help us and help us to live strong. And let us rise up as the army of God and do our work in the earth while it's still time to do it. In the name of Jesus. Christ of Nazareth. Clap and shout amen. Come on, Alan. Praise God. Hallelujah.